Hello, landing page optimization listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash. Next time you browse through iTunes or the Google Play Store on your smartphone, make sure to land on and download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app. Listen to new episodes of LPO every Monday or catch up on all the interviews featuring me speaking with the best and brightest conversion thought leaders of today. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile apps in the iTunes Store or via Google Play today. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, loyal landing page optimization listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, CEO of Site Tuners and chair of the Conversion Conference. And today, my special guest is Kip Bodner, who's the director of marketing at HubSpot. Uh, say hello, Kip. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So, HubSpot's a company that's uh, been on a real tear lately. I just. Uh, spoke at your inbound marketing summit in Boston a little while ago. Uh, tell us about what HubSpot does for those of our listeners that aren't aware of it. Sure, yeah. HubSpot is a marketing software company. Uh, we basically make a suite of, all, of marketing software tools from landing pages, email marketing, marketing automation, web analytics, blogging, and social media. Lots of awesome tools. So that's what we're up to. So it's kind of, I mean, when your claim to fame, I mean, there, there's obviously software to do all of those things individually. Your claim to fame is that you have kind of an all-in-one tool that allows small and mid-sized businesses primarily to do their online marketing through you know, one dashboard and one interface. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Make it easier for people to do marketing. Stop stitching together a bunch of, of clunky tools. Do everything from, from one screen. It's awesome. Use one clunky tool. No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, no, no. Uh, no, 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 no. I just, I just, that was a total joke, folks. I love uh, it. You know, no, I, I love it. <laughs> I uh, uh, have a lot of respect for what you guys are doing over there. And then the company is growing like a weed. I understand that from last year, just the number of attendees at your inbound conference doubled. How many did you have this year? Yeah, we had, uh, we had nearly 3,000 people at our conference this year. It's fantastic. We had about 60 sessions uh, at Boston at the Heinz Convention Center. Really excited. Uh, we're gonna have you know we're gonna have even more than that next year um, back at the Heinz next year for inbound conference. It's gonna be great. Well, terrific. Okay. Well, uh, obviously, uh, I'm sure that you think uh, landing page optimization is an important part of uh, what you do. Tell us how your software supports improving conversion rates. Yeah, you know, I mean, from uh, the HubSpot standpoint, real it's really all about you know. E- Ease of, ease of use, creating a landing page really quickly. You know, you can get a landing page up and running in five, ten minutes with HubSpot. And then we're really about, you know, A-B testing. A-B testing your forms, um, A-B testing your image positioning, your copy, all aspects of your landing page. Um, you know, we also have something we call smart forms, which is if you already have information for somebody, if somebody's an existing lead looking at a form, you don't have to ask them the same questions again. You just hide all those fields. And so there's also some really interesting best practices developing around how do you 
How do you uh, do landing pages with those hidden fields for existing leads? How do you structure button text and all of those things to, to bolster reconversion activity? Well, great. So you have some stuff already built in. So just easy content creation, allowing multiple versions of content, uh, split testing it, A-B testing it, and and then also like the, the smart forms that you mentioned. That's basically a guaranteed way to lift your conversions because the shorter your forms, the higher your conversions. So if you already know something about me, why would you ask me again? Or even just autofill a longer looking form, just get rid of the form field completely, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's what's what I think everybody, every marketer wants, shorter forms or no forms, and get those conversion rates up. All right, well, uh, let's talk about the, the thing that you guys are really known for as a company. You know, I've, I've known... Um, Garmesh and, and Brian there uh, directly and through their work and um, you guys are all about inbound marketing. Tell us more about why inbound or content marketing is so important in your your world view. Yeah, I mean for us inbound marketing, you know, it's kind of the path of truth and justice, right? It's it's how people it's how people want to be marketed to instead of you know interrupted with cold calls or TV ads or trade show ads. You know, it's one of those things where it's it's about uh, helping people find you uh, easily through search, through social, uh, using content through your blog, um, using email, using lead nurturing, using kind of all the kind of inbound opt-in marketing tactics at your disposal to to basically give people the information they're looking for to solve the problem that they're out searching to, to solve. So nobody wants to hear about the world's greatest solution for you know anything. They just exactly. like you say they're out there and they have a problem. And if you help educate them about the problem, then you're you become an authority on it, and they'll seek you out. Absolutely, and it makes the buying process a lot smoother. I mean, we're in a world of a customer-driven buying process now, right? Sales can't really dictate as much in the buying process today as they used to be able to, and so we want to get out in front. You know, 60% of the sales cycle happens before a lead talks to your salesperson, so we want to use inbound marketing best practices to inform and educate that lead early on in the process. Okay, well, so what's the relationship of of that to things like CRM and uh, you know customer relationship management software and marketing automation software? Where does that fit into the picture? Yeah, so I mean, the way I look at it is a couple of things. You know, I think marketing automation is a part of of inbound marketing. I think an important thing for everybody listening to, to realize is that like marketing automation shouldn't mean automated email, right? Marketing automation should really mean re- Problems and processes in marketing that computers are can more efficiently solve than humans. Automating emails is one thing, but there's also there are a host of other tasks from social media to blog content publishing to other things which are really should be automated tasks that are should kind of fall in that bucket of marketing automation. And so it's like I think that's a big part of the bigger inbound marketing umbrella is marketing automation and. and you know, inbound marketing is kind of where the marketer lives. They, they marketers should have their own database that they control, that they email from, that they that they post social messages from, and then sales has CRM, and those two databases should talk to get together and interact so that you can kind of share data back and forth between sales and marketing. Okay, so when you talk about uh, automating blog posts, you don't obviously mean having robots write them or something. So, I mean, it's obvious how you automate email sequences and things like that, but tell us more about automating other stuff. Yeah, I mean, automating other things, it's more about like 
having your blog post automatically published to Twitter when you when you publish it, right? Like that's a simple thing, but that's an automated task. Having you know, when you go to publish a message to social media, having a time recommended to you to publish it instead of having to to think and determine when to schedule. Having computers tell you actually this is the best time of day to publish for you on Twitter. This is when you get the most clicks. You should publish it then. Like that is what like how we should be using data and how we should be automating marketing. We, it gives us more time to think about our content, fine tune our content, and make it better for the audience we're trying to deliver it to. Okay, so there's some things about kind of deployment or going across different syndication or content avenues. I mean, I was really impressed. We did a, I did a webinar with Mike Volpe, your VP of marketing, and um, I was amazed at how many different flavors of the content ended up splattered all over the web within days. I think we had the original sign-up form, then we had blog posts about the upcoming webinar, then you had the webinar replay as a video, then you had the webinar transcript as a piece of text, then you had a bunch of user-generated content about all of that stuff when, whenever you posted it on Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a way of kind of uh, multiplying your content and being everywhere at once. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about if you're investing time to create something, you want to get as much leverage of it, out of it as possible, right? And so if you're doing a webinar, what are the different ways you can, you can leverage the slides, the, the transcript, the audio, the video, everything to, to reach as many people as possible? Yeah, in fact, I think basically the audio tr- or the the text transcript was then, as I recall, uh, made into an ebook, another piece of kind of quote unquote new content, uh, yeah. but slightly different format than a, than just a text transcript on a page, a downloadable ebook. So it's ca- kind of like you can focus on your content, and then creating all these different flavors or variations of it can be automated largely. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important to understand it's like people want to get information in different ways. So by diversifying how they can get it from you, it's going to you know, increase your response rates, increase your conversion rates on, on, on those offers. All right, well, um, after we come back for, from our break, I, I want to explore a little bit just kind of what does it mean to convert in this big social soup that we've been talking about. Uh, so we are going to be back in... Two minutes after a word from our sponsors. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. Loyal listeners, this is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today I'm, I'm chatting with Kip Bodner, the Director of Marketing at HubSpot. Now, Kip, before we went to break, we were talking about the kind of, uh, content marketing and uh, ultimately that's all wonderful, but I hear things like, yeah, this is so social media is social and it's wonderful and we engage and blah, 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 and you hear a lot of lip service, but uh, at at the end of the day, the sales guys are saying, I want leads. So what does it mean to have conversion in a social context? I want to just kind of explore that a little bit. So maybe to set the stage, it might be helpful to talk about uh, the different sort of places in the traditional sales funnel that someone might be. How do you approach an early stage person who's just thinking about a solution to their problem versus someone in the middle comparing different options versus someone at the end who's ready to pull the trigger. Right. You know, I mean, if you think about, that's, that's an awesome question. You know, I, I think about this in a couple of different ways. It's something like, something I call social conversion, which is about using, using social to increase conversion rates through the funnel. And so if you, you think about traditional conversion, especially at the bottom of the funnel, it's largely testimonial based, right? But we've all gone to those websites where it's, those testimonials are there and they just sound terrible. They sound like a crappy PR person wrote them. We don't for one minute believe a real actual customer actually said that, right? You know, that's, that's not what we believe. And so when I think about different parts of the sales cycle and, and using social to convert, it's, you know, if we start at the top, you know, something as simple as a call to action on a blog post. You know, we did some tests at HubSpot and found that, you know, if we have an ebook that we're encouraging people to download and so people have downloaded it and they start talking about it on Twitter and they say how awesome it is. If we take one of those tweets and put it as part of our call to action image, and so it's our call to action image to download the ebook plus an endorsement from somebody on Twitter, this real person who you can go and see and even ask them what they thought of the content, we actually were able to increase our click-through rate on our call to action by 27% when we did that, which is huge for us and huge in terms of driving 
new lead acquisition at the top of the funnel. So that's, that's a, an example of, of how you can clearly use social at the top of the funnel. And so if we move kind of to the middle of the funnel, how can we use social to kind of have somebody take a secondary conversion event? You know, for, some, for us, for example, be like, how, how can we get somebody to take a product demonstration, see the software that we make? And you know what we did? We, we took a similar approach, and we took, to, we took some messages online that people had shared freely about what they thought of the software and put those in as part of our email. And that we were able to actually increase the click-through rate to our demo landing page in our email by about 17%. So it's really, really interesting how you can now piggyback off of all this conversations that's happening in social applying it to your conversion events to actually increase the performance of your different conversion activities. Okay, so, so using testimonials, uh, kind of a tried and true tactic, you're saying you know, put it right there near the point of conversion, though. It might be, might be sitting out there on Twitter or as a comment on your Facebook wall, uh, company wall, but you're actually taking the trouble of putting it inside of your email or on your landing page and right next to the conversion event itself. Absolutely. Using it to help influence that conversion activity. Now, do you find that there's a kind of a, a different tenor when you have to when you're talking about business to consumer versus business to business lead generation, something like that? Are there different ways to communicate with people or different impact that testimonials have? You know, I think, you know, business to business and business to consumer, I actually think in this case, in terms of lead generation, it's similar. I, the testimonials, they kind of range in their level of importance. And, you know, they're especially important as we get into higher consideration purchases. And that's regardless if it's B2B or B2C. If you're asking me to purchase a higher, a higher price good, I need more reassurance. You know, I, I kind of think back to this idea of social proof. And social proof, if you think about it, is really about helping somebody feel comfortable in the decision they're about to make. If you're walking down the mall hallway and you don't know where to go in the mall, you don't know what store to go to, and you see all these people lined up at a store, you're going to freaking go to that store because you're confused and you just want to kind of fit in. And we want to help people feel that way in kind of the consideration process. And the final, and I think that applies to either B2B or B2C, is providing this kind of context helps them feel good about the decision that they're making. Well, okay, let, let, let's explore that a little more. I mean, I know that in, in the business buying sphere, when you're buying business-to-business services, or um, you know, a lot of it's about avoiding mistakes and covering your butt because, like you say, so much is at stake and it's overcoming that, that fear and, and uh, doing the right thing as opposed to, well, you know, I bought a, a Thigh Master on an infomercial. It didn't work out. I'm only out my $19.99 plus shipping and handling, right? It's a much different scale of disaster. Exactly. I mean, the, the high consideration just needs a high, much higher touch from marketing to, to help those people feel comfortable through the, through the funnel. And so what I think people in a business-to-business setting are typically looking for are testimonials of someone who had a good experience with you, and ideally from their own industry, even though what you sell may be kind of generic, but they want to see proof that people like them have had success with it. Yeah, I mean... B2B buyers, everybody, all of them think that they are special, right? That, that, their, that their problem, that their circumstance is really special and that their industry is unique. And if you, if you can show them somebody that in their unique circumstance that has done it and been successful, your, your close rate uh, just goes through the roof. Yeah, and a couple of refinements on this, just stuff we found through our, our own testing. If you go to our website and you see testimonials at the bottom of 
any of our kind of services pages, we use a little headshot of the actual customer. We use a little avatar, if you will, like you'd see on social media because we want to personalize it. It's not just some like say, generic Mary B. in Austin, Texas or whatever. It's a, it's a specific person with a title, with a face, with the company's logo there, and then the quote is attributed to them publicly. So it carries a lot more weight that way. Yeah, absolutely. It, anytime you can make it more personal, you're better off. All right. Well, what other uh, – we were talking about kind of uh, being influenced by individual testimonials. What about the flip side of that? Robert Cialdini, who's talked a lot about the, this concept of social proof, was one of the first to really develop it. He talks about people like me, which would be the individual testimonials, and also that popularity and the fact that lots of people are doing something. Uh, do you ever make use of popularity in your content marketing? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, it's we've done lots of tests around that. You know, what, what's interesting is that it depends on your target persona, and I think, and I think this is an important thing to know is that you know if. If you have a target persona, for some of our customers, if a bunch of a ton of people have done it, it's actually worse for them. It's it's not about fitting into the crowd. It's being first. It's about being the first to find this piece of content, being the first person to share it. Where you know, and I think that's unique for each company. I think it's something you have to figure out. But we found that you know, articles that have, have few tweets are more likely to get tweeted initially than you know, an article that has. A thousand tweets because it's not about kind of jumping in. It's like, oh, I don't want to be the thousandth and first person to tweet this article, right? So there's there's that side of it. But from a conversion standpoint, you know, we've done a lot of testing and found that if you if you can pick the right people and demonstrate that there's a group of people, a consensus um, around around endorsing a conversion activity, you can actually you know improve your conversion rate that way as well. What do you, so, Tim? I mean, I'm sure you guys have done this a lot. Yeah, well, it, well I think it, what you're saying is, like you said, that Cialdini breaks down social proof into lots of people like me. Okay, so if you look at the like me part, and what you're saying is that okay, it, it's really important to have something relevant from my cultural tribe. So if I'm the digital trendsetter and I make everybody in my circle aware of cool new stuff, then I don't want to, like you say, retread the same. Uh, things that everybody else is talking about because then they won't think of me as as cool or a trendsetter. Um, and then there, but there are other people that are perfectly fine following the herd and being the thousand and first person to to tweet it. So I think, it, like you say, it depends on the personality and the audience you're going for. But rarely, I think, do we make those kind of fine distinctions because it's unless you're, you know, unless your services. Uh, you know, bungee jumping, and you know it's primarily you know testosterone-driven teenage boys that want to do it. Then it's very hard to talk about a population that's more broad than that and say anything about their cultural tribe. Absolutely. So we tend to to focus more on you know just the large numbers as proof of leadership in the field, and as a way for me to you know take a shortcut and not have to think about it. I mean, yes, you have to have the right editorial tone, but I guess I'm saying we focus more on the, um, let's say, large numbers of as a way to demonstrate uh, dominance. I guess. Yeah, absolutely, and you know we do that too. We found that to work really well for a lot of our audience. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think if you're a marketer out there working on 
conversion. Any, any way you can demonstrate consensus in large numbers is one of those ways is, is definitely a strong tactic. Yeah, I had the guys from um, last, last time on the show um, that were talking about using these Cialdini-like principles of persuasion. And one of the things that they said that I found kind of interesting is don't mix and match them. In other words, if you have a time-sensitive offer, get this now, this expires in two days, don't mix that with the social proof and don't mix that with the outside authority or, hey, we're the top-rated uh, you know, SaaS software company for small business or whatever. They say that basically you should identify what's the one appeal or one tactic that someone responds to and not try to pack your page full of kind of conflicting ways to try to convince me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that's awesome advice. And I think it goes back to kind of basic conversion advice, you know, like keeping call to action simple, keeping pages uncluttered, all those things. I think it's uh, an extension of that. It's awesome advice. Well, I think uh, it's unfortunately time for another break. We'll be back in two minutes. And I want to explore after we come back your ruthless, cutthroat personality when you start playing trivia with other people. (laughs) All right. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search social and competitive data in over 60 countries gain a competitive advantage today with searchmetrics.com that's searchmetrics.com your virtual webmaster frat house webmasterradio.fm hey bring your togas webmasterradio.fm thanks for listening webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and continuing my conversation with Kip Bodner, the Director of Marketing at HubSpot. Now, Kip, I understand you just destroy people in trivia, and you just <laughs> there's no Mr. Nice Guy at that point. Hey, you know, I, I'm a 
I have a reputation for being a fairly nice guy, but for some reason, when the when the trivia cards come out, like I just become I'm I'm extremely competitive, and for some reason, I'm even more competitive at trivia. Trivia, I just have to win. I mean, all costs. I mean, sports bar trivia. If you know, if I'm on a cruise ship with the family, we're you know, I'm, I'm getting the team. They're not allowed to talk. They have to pay attention to every answer. You know. We, you got to make decisions. It's all about winning with me, you know. Cut oh, oh boy, you you just sound like a lot of fun to play with. <laughs> you know what? I may take the fun out of it, Tim. But you know what? We win. But you're gonna win, win. goddamn it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So got what? It. If all right. Well, has fun? well then. Uh, all right. Is it sports trivia or just everything? Like in Trivial Pursuit, the the sports stuff always killed me because I'm not a big you know fan or follower of much of anything. I do well in the other categories, but sports, forget about it. You, can you do everything? I'm a big general knowledge trivia person. I see. I, for example, I love Trivial Pursuit. Um, I you know absolutely love it. And one thing I'm super excited about is I'm a huge Trivial Pursuit junkie and. In Boston, not too far from Boston, down Rhode Island, is Hasbro, which actually makes Trivial Pursuit. And, and uh, since living in Boston, I actually have met the, the, the guy who's actually his one of his products is Trivial Pursuit. Like he's responsible for developing that product. And now, so I, have, like, I feel like I have a deep connection now, uh, an insider information on Trivial Pursuit. And it's, I'm really excited about it. I'm gonna, I'm, the, we're gonna, he's going to give us a couple of trial games to play, and I'm, I'm really pumped up about it. All right, we're going to have one one trivia question for you. Um, ancient history for 200, Alex. You ready? I'm, I'm ready. Who led the, uh, the elephants ac- across the Alps in the Punic Wars against Rome? Oh, man, ancient history. This is tough. Elephants, Alps, Rome. I mean, it's not Con- – Constantine's the best uh, thing I got, but I don't well, know. Yeah. I'll even give you the, the which of the, the Punic Wars is the second Punic War. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know I'm, I'm just messing with you. Okay, it was Hannibal. Go look it up. Uh, oh, nice. To the drawing boards, Mr. Bodner. No, I, you met my match. You picked one of my weak subjects. I love it, though. It was a good question. I'm going to remember All right, that. Well, I just want to, in public, say I lost. I did not win this time. Didn't win. Say, I lost. I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not a sore loser. <laughs> I'm, I'm a good player. I just, I just want to win badly. Uh, all right. Well, uh, back back to our our, um, our larger our theme here. Yes, back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming. Uh, so, as we're talking about social media, one thing that I, I really rail against a lot is what I consider greedy marketers. Marketers, and I put myself in that category often are just inappropriate. They're forward. They ask for way too much information too early in the process. How do you collect the information you need for your sales purposes and and at the same time not people off? So again, depending on where you are in the sales funnel, what's the appropriate trade-off, I guess is maybe another way to ask it, between asking for information and giving value? Yeah, so I think there are a couple things to it, right? I think one thing is you got to draw the line between necessary and nice to have. And you can't, and, and you don't want to ask for any of the nice to have stuff. What is, what is the information that's absolutely critical for you to rotate and distribute? If we're talking about B2B here, what, what, is the, what is the information you need to rotate and distribute leads effectively to your sales team? And, and then subsequently that your sales team, what's the information your sales team needs to appropriately follow up with those people? And so the information you need for those two 
things are really the only thing you should ask for. And, and some would argue that that's even pushing it, but maybe I'm a little greedy and think that's, that's okay. No, well, well, no, I mean, actually, I think you're singing a song from my songbook. Uh, in, in the book, I actually talk about the form field test when you're thinking about adding a field to a form. And my rule is, uh, is this information absolutely necessary to complete the current transaction? And yeah. So I'm, I'm very much in line with you on that. It's a great way of, of stating it. I love that. And it's definitely the right way to think about it. And uh, But then the question is, should you give anything away without asking for something in return? So so that's awesome. We've done lots of tests at HubSpot, so I'm, ha- I'm happy to talk uh, talk a little bit about that. And the answer is yes, sometimes. Because what, you know, what we've found is that you can have – you can really – increase your top of the funnel, right? You'll, your content will get exposed to a lot more people. And if you do a good job of, at putting calls to action and conversion opportunities within an ebook, for example, you can actually get a, a higher net volume at the end because you are, you've increased the top of the funnel so much, even though you've removed the, the first form initially. Okay, well, so another important vein to mine uh, in your pursuit of higher conversions, try giving stuff without asking in return. The balance has to be in favor of the consumer. Give to get. Don't ask before you give any value. I think we have to leave it, unfortunately, on that note. Kip, I want to thank you again for uh, playing both uh, ancient history trivia and the landing page optimization podcast game. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everyone. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.